Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. I'm Tom Short, so glad to have you along today on this Friday morning, December 3rd. God bless you. I have, those of you who come here every day, I know God sees that you're here. He sees your faithfulness. He sees your desire and our desire to learn the Word of God and to put practice into our life. And so I'm glad that you are with me day after day. And if you're new, welcome. I hope you do subscribe and join us every day because we're here every day. We've been talking about wise kingdom investing. We all have limited resources, don't we? Our God is unlimited. There is no limit to what our God has, but there are limits to what you and I have. And he trusts us and he gives us and entrusts us with finances as well as time, gifting, talents, abilities, relationships, all kinds of things. And there's this principle that God has of faithfulness. If we are faithful to what we have, God entrusts us with more. If we're faithful to a little thing, God entrusts us with big things. If we're faithful with what he says in Luke 16, the mammon of unrighteousness, worldly wealth, he'll entrust to us true riches, spiritual wealth, spiritual insight, relationships, uh, eternal fruit. And so we want to be faithful with what we have. We want to be wise with what we have because we, you and I aren't unlimited. Our God is unlimited. And God can give us everything we need and more but he gives it based on these principles. So we want to be wise in how we use our, our money. And we want to make a difference, don't we? And so I want to talk today, as we've, we've gone through this over the last week, I want to uh, bring together some things about giving that I think are important in some areas that maybe some of us can get, um, some, some Christians have gotten misdirected and, and maybe giving themselves to something that might be good, but is it really where they can be the best. You know, the Bible talks about money like seed, and we sow seed. In, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, he talks about sowing seed, and then God provides seed for the sower. And here, he, the, the verse we often hear in 2 Corinthians 9, that uh, he who sows sparingly shall reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. Well, that's relating, that's relating to giving financially. That's relating, that seed that he's talking about there in the direct context is our finances. Again, I think there's a principle here with other things because in, in Matthew 13, he refers to seed as the word of God. And we can learn from the parable there, indeed, the, the idea that if we sow the gospel sparingly, we'll reap sparingly. If we sow it bountifully, we'll reap bountifully. If we sow the word of God into our lives, sparingly, we reap sparingly. But if we sow the word of God into our own lives and into our children, into our families, into our churches, bountifully, we reap a bountiful harvest. But in 2 Corinthians 9, he's talking, where we use that verse, he's talking specifically about money. And so with my money, I don't know about with you, I'd like, you know, Jesus said, you sow the seed and, and the seed of the word, a 30, 60, or 100-fold return I'd like to get a hundredfold return on mine. And I'd like to invest it wisely to get that good return. I'm not looking for meager returns on the money I invest. And so the first question, when we're talking about investing in God's kingdom, I think the first question we want to ask, and we've been talking about this, is what problem are you trying to solve with the resources you have? Ministries exist to solve problems, don't we? And God has given us money to use as a tool to solve problems. And I'm not talking about in your personal life here, about solving your 
your personal financial problems. That's another topic, another day. But when we talk about the, the charitable giving we give, the money we give gospel-related or, or in terms of that we set aside um, for, to give to the church, to give to ministries, what problem? Now, it seems to me that some people and some ministries, the problem they're trying to solve is they're trying to solve world poverty or they're trying to solve world hunger. And I'd like to suggest that the Bible makes the priority on let's solve the deeper problem of the lack of people being reconciled to God, the gospel problem. You know, we see this, we see a lot in the Bible about giving to the poor. And, and, and believe me, we should. We should care for the poor. In my personal opinion, I don't know if Jesus had in mind that we create these big ministries that try and solve world hunger, and that try and go all over the world and, and where there's deep, deep problems in their, in their culture and their religion and everything, deep, deep problems that we just feed them and hope that we'll put food in their stomach. I'm not sure that's what Jesus had in mind here. I do think there was the issue of proximity. Remember in Galatians 6, he says, let us do good to all men, but especially to those of the household of the faith. There's a priority given here about who you give to. In 1 Timothy 5, he says, if a man won't provide for his own household, he's, he's denied the faith. There's a priority. You give first and take care of your own family, your own household, before you're starting to give to others. And personally, with our, our world, you know, is, is become smaller with communications and travel. And, and you know, I, I, there's people on our live stream here come from all over the world. And I've traveled all around the world. But I do think there is a issue of proximity, two things, geographical and secondly, relational. That the first place that when you think of helping the poor, the first places you think of are, one, who is in my relational sphere, who am I closer to relational that I should be helping, and two, who is uh, geographically closer to me or that, that, I'm, that God brings me across their path in their need, as we saw with the Good Samaritan. Um, but what's the real problem we should be solving? I really believe the real problem is taking the gospel to people. I believe that's what the Bible teaches. That's the real problem. The deepest problem in humanity is not poverty. It's not hunger. The deepest problem is people are not in relationship with God. People are not reconciled to God. People need the gospel. When Jesus, when Jesus fed the people in John 6, he said to them, uh, you are coming to me because, uh, because I fed you, but work for the bread, the food that lasts to eternal life. That's what really matters. And he, he fed them when there was a need. But he used that need to point to them the greater need. Don't work for the bread that perishes, he said. Work for that which will last for eternal life. He was prioritizing the gospel. Prioritize, they said, what, what, what works do you mean? What are you, what are you talking about? And he said, the work of God is that you believe in me. And that faith in Jesus Christ is the priority that's given there. Remember when Mary anointed the, the, the head of Jesus the week he was betrayed. And 300 denarii, that's perfume cost 300 that, that's a year's wages folks that's a year's wages a denarii was a day's wages 300 of them you know that's that's 10 months wages right there 10 months and she poured it out on his head and they said whoa what kind of a waste is that and Jesus says it's not wasting it when she poured it out on me she did a good deed for me she anointed me for my burial 
And Jesus was there, again, prioritizing the spiritual over the, the, the physical. They said, we could have sold this and given it to the poor. And the, Jesus, I mean, certainly Jesus was not against helping the poor, but he prioritized that, that helping him and serving him and something spiritual and kingdom-oriented in terms of the uh, building that spiritual was priority over the other. So I want to encourage you. This leads to the next point I want to make, that when we give financially, make a distinction between giving to the poor and to help the poor, which I would think of as charitable, and those that you're giving to advance the gospel, which I would think of as missions. And I'm encouraging you to make a difference. Here's why. Because sometimes in missions, we give only to those that are poor. And sometimes people in missions are poor for a reason. Sometimes they're poor because their, their ministry is not being fruitful. And their, their ministry is not being, uh, they're, they're not really doing what God wants them to do. And, and sometimes, and I can speak from, I can speak from um, personal experience here, Sometimes God uses a lack of funds to get our attention and to get us to do some evaluation and to get us to ask if there should be some changes made. And so my encouragement is to give to those ministries you really believe in. You really believe in what they're doing. You really believe that you want God to bless them. You want them to grow. You want them to to be stronger. Don't give just because you say that, you know, this this mission here I really believe in. But that poor missionary over there is really poor. And so I'm going to give to him. That's mixing up your charitable giving with your mission giving, and I encourage you to separate them. Now, let's be honest. Sometimes missionaries out on the front lines are poor. Sometimes they don't, they don't have time to raise the funds. Sometimes they don't have access to people. Sometimes people, for instance, who are overseas, uh, they don't have the opportunity to be raising funds the way, say, someone here in America, a wealthy country, they may not have the opportunity to talk to, to givers and to be in front of them and to be able to share what they're doing because they're overseas. And maybe they're working in a, in a very difficult place. Maybe they're working in a hard mission field. Maybe they're working amongst a lot of unbelievers. And so they're, they are suffering financially. And in that, I'm, I'm not suggesting you don't support them at all because, my goodness, if, if those, those people are worthy of our support. As it says in Third John, second or third John, I forget. They went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. We ought to support such people as these. They have sacrificed for the gospel. But on the other hand, don't just look at, at a good ministry and a ministry that's not really succeeding and therefore they're poor and say, I'll give to the poor. If you want to give charity to the poor, fine. If you know them, fine. If you want to, if in proximity, God has brought them in your life, fine. But I encourage you, sow your seed where it's going to get the best return. That's what I want to do. Sow your seed where you'll get the most bang for your buck. And, that, and that, those are the places where, where um, you believe what they're doing. You believe and you want to see their ministry really succeed. There's another problem here about giving, mixing up this giving to the poor with giving to missionaries. And that is this. Folks, Sometimes we dishonor the people of God by giving them our leftovers, giving them our hand-me-downs, giving them the things we don't want anymore. Now, I, I've been on the receiving end of this. I've, I've been on, you know, where places, 
people think, um, uh, boy, Tom, you know, Tom, um, he's, he doesn't have as much money as we do, and he's doing a good work. And so we'll give them the, our, the, our kids' clothes after they've outgrown them. And we're not talking about baby clothes you pass on because they outgrew them after three months. We're talking about our teenagers. And um, dare I say, we accepted things like that with gratitude, thankful to our God as a provider. But sometimes, if you don't have a good attitude by that, you can think that's kind of dishonoring. It's dishonoring. It's one thing to give your leftovers to someone who's starving or someone who's homeless or someone who's legitimately poor. It's another thing to think that the people of God, the servants of God, the people who have sacrificed for the gospel, that we want to give them the things our kids don't want anymore or the things we don't want anymore. Um, there's, there may be a place for that, but be careful that when we give charity like that, that we're not dishonoring those who could be making more, but what they're doing, they have chosen to sacrifice for the gospel. We're all called to sacrifice for the gospel and make sure that those that we love and we get behind and we honor them not with the leftovers of things we don't want anymore, but bless them with your pastor. I hope your pastor doesn't have to deal with the things your congregation doesn't care to have anymore. And so they unload it on him. But rather, you tr that's, I don't know if that's treating with honor. In 2 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, it says that the elders who work hard at teaching and preaching are worthy of double honor. And we want to make sure that when we give financially, and we give of things that we're honoring people. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, you've got something you want to, you really think you could bless, your, you know, someone with. I'm not saying don't give to them. But be careful that we don't just give to our spiritual missionaries the things that we think nobody wants them anymore. Maybe they'd want it because it can be dishonoring. Finally, I want to share a principle called partnership. The book of Philippians is an awesome book. But I don't know if you realize it was written kind of as a thank you letter for a financial gift that people had sent to Paul. And he starts out by, with a very popular verse. We'll start with chapter 1, verse 3. I thank God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in every prayer for you all. What? In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. What was this participation in the gospel? We've often thought and shared that, you know, they start evangelizing right away, and they probably did. But I do think what Paul was referring to here is, is, is uh, another translation or little translation in view of your sharing in the preaching of the gospel. That's the marginal reading, and that's how they were participating. They were partnering with Paul. They wanted to make sure Paul could preach the gospel. Now, Paul's a tent maker. And they sent gifts to him, and, and here now he'd gotten in jail, but they sent gifts to help take care of him, and he was singing, your financial giving, you're sharing in my preaching, you're participating with me, you are a partner with me in the gospel. And I do believe that this concept is biblical. I do believe <clears throat> that God sees a ministry of this advancing the gospel, whether it would have been Paul or someone else, me or whoever, that those people who financially make it possible, they are part of a team. They are partnering. They are participating. They are sharing in the advancing of the gospel. 
And indeed, when you partner with a ministry, you should be praying for them. You give financially to them. You are part of the team. And it takes a team to win. And I do believe God rewards the team. And I do believe God sees that investment in that ministry as you are part of it. One sows, one waters, one plants, one waters. God causes a growth. We work together. And so when you give, I, I think God does see you as a partner. I know I see those who give to our ministry as partners. They're part of the team. What they do is it's, it's, it's just like in a football team. There are different positions. There's offense, defense, different positions on the line. There's, you need the manager. You need the trainer. You need the coaches. You need the whole team to be successful. And likewise, in ministry, you need the whole team to work together. And, and the, those who give financially are a vital part of the team. Their role is not secondary. It's necessary for the success. So with that, I do want to encourage you to be partnering with ministries and, or, or a ministry. Or who do, you, who do you believe in? Who do you want to succeed? Who do you want to get behind? And who do you really think of? I'm part of this. I'm not just writing a check. I'm really a part of the team. I want to see them succeed. I'm going to pray for them. I'm behind them. And I'm trusting God will reward you or me, who I partner with, as well. Okay? With that, a final thing I do want to say is yesterday someone offered me, some, uh, someone who often offers a match for our giving at the end of the year, and I said, you know, this year um, I, I just felt led to say, let's, let's take some of that match money and give it to others. And so he's decided to match. We've talked about Rich Zaplita, and we've talked about Johanan, my, my friend over in um, uh, India that works with TSM over there, and Rich works with TSM here. You give to either of them through TSM, and any gifts that you give to them up to a certain amount, any gifts that, you, that are given to them this month will be matched. And so that's pretty exciting. So you can give to them, to me, um, our, our ministry, our work, wherever God feels leading you to give partner and I and um, and God will see you as a part of that who do you want to see succeed I want to see Johanna succeed in India I want to see Rich succeed and the campus of Cezanne and I want our ministry to succeed and I thank you for the way you're behind us as well okay Father in heaven we bless you today we thank you for these kingdom principles we pray we'd be faithful with what we have faithful in a little thing and that you would entrust us with more I pray for that father I pray that we would be faithful and then you would bless our finances. You would bless us in ways that allow us to make big differences. Lord, I know that every, every penny counts, every dollar counts. I think of the, the woman that gave two pennies there in, in Luke, and you said she gave more than all the rest because she gave all she had to live on. And Father, I know some who've given to our ministry through the years who, who gave very, very little, but it meant so very, very much because they didn't have much and was so moving and inspiring to me. And I think, Lord, of how people like that, you they're faithful in a little thing, and then you let them have more and more, and maybe someday give significant amounts that can make a, a significant difference in a ministry or a church and, and the effect they're having for the kingdom. I pray today, Father, that you would just raise up many generous givers for 
for ministries that are advancing the gospel here and foreignly. I pray for Johan and every need to be met with him. I pray for Rich, every need to be met. I pray, Father, for our ministry, every need to be met, not only met, but abundantly so that we could dream of other ideas and new things, of ways of advancing your gospel. Thank you, Lord, for the gospel preachers. Thank you, Lord, for the men and women of God that, that I know, that we know, who are out on the front lines, who are advancing the gospel, who are winning the lost, who are defending the faith, who are teaching the, building up the, the saved. I pray particularly, Lord, for those who, who are trying to reach the youth, the future the, of the church. I pray, Lord, for, I, I just pray for these ministries. I just pray for the ones I know, those, those within proximity of me personally, Lord, that you'd bless them. You'd bless their finances. You'd bless their wisdom. You'd bless their health. You'd, bless, you'd give them strength. You'd give them grace that they might be bearing fruit for you, 30, 60. And we pray, Lord, we pray that in our giving, we pray in our service that we would be hundredfold for you. We'd bear a hundredfold fruit. You're worthy of it, Father. You're worthy of it, Lord Jesus. We, 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 we'd be happy to give you 30. We'd be happy to give you 60, but you're worthy of a hundredfold return. And we pray for the grace, the wisdom, the energy, the strength, the anointing, the power to be 100-fold Christians in our service to you. We pray today and bless you. Take this day. Use it for your glory. Take our finances, we pray. Use them, help, use them wisely. Multiply them for your glory. Thank you now, Lord. Thank you for this series. Thank you that what we've learned. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. It's important stuff. We, you know, I think in Christians, we don't talk about money enough. There are ministries that talk a lot about our personal money. But this area of giving, Jesus talked about it a lot. And, uh, and it's such a, such a unleashes such blessing in our lives and in others. Boy, we've got a job to do. We've got a blessing to give to this world. So thanks for being with me. Hey, I'll be back tomorrow because we're here every day. Not sure exactly what my message will be about tomorrow. It might something more on this topic. We might move on to something new. We're moving into the Christmas season, and this over the next few weeks, we'll have some exciting things to do with the coming of our Savior to the Lord. This is our time of year when our God did something no other God has ever done, and that is He took on human flesh. That's awesome. And so we'll be praising Him and learning and growing and celebrating this time of year. I hope you can join me regularly. I'm here every morning at 8.30, or you can watch later in the day, or you can listen to the podcast. So God bless you. You have a great day. Be a blessing to others. Remember, you've got something the world can't give, and the world can't take it away. So God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.